The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to the final episode of the Golden Mike Podcast for 2016, everybody. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Mano, recording this portion of today's podcast up in the Chicagoland area, wishing you all a happy holidays, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. As I just mentioned, I'm up in the windy, cold climate of northern Illinois, where I'm going to be spending the holiday season with my family and close friends. And even though it's a little chillier up here compared to Orlando, it's really nice to be back up in my old-time stomping grounds and kicking it with the old crew. I have a big episode for all of y'all today and a lot to talk about since the last time, and I'm going to get to it all here in just a moment, but first I want to introduce today's guest. He's become a really good friend of mine over the last 10 years, with our careers taking many of the same turns over the decade. We room often on the road at events together, and we both have what many believe is pretty important jobs within the industry. Two-time Wake Awards Photographer of the Year, Rodrigo Donoso, is my guest this time, and we talk about a whole heck of a lot. That's right, Rodrigo's a talker, no doubt, my friends. In fact, sometimes I even refer to him as the Oracle. Super positive, insightful, and motivating are just a few words that come to mind when describing Rod. But hardworking and maybe even a hardest working guy is what really stands out. Riggs has been around a long time and is now one of the industry's most respected figures and it shows through his body of work. We talk all about it and a whole lot more and I hope you guys all enjoy this one. We recorded this one out in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic during the Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. Uh, We recorded this out poolside. For some reason, we waited until the last night following the event and award ceremony. And needless to say, I'm a little hoarse during the interview. And so is Rodrigo. I think Rod uh, either was hollering a little too loud at the action during the day at the contest or... Maybe he just had a little too much fun the previous night out at Coco Bongo's for the Travis Pastrana birthday party out there with the crew. Regardless, trust me, you guys are going to enjoy this one. I do real quickly want to talk about some of the most recent happenings in the world of me, the noise of the North. First off, congratulations to all the mystery box winners of the Golden Mike Podcast virtual holiday swag toss. The contest was a huge success. Uh, I think it was around 70 entrances. Uh, The boxes are going to be shipping out ASAP. I'm getting all the addresses right now. I hope to see some pictures or unboxing videos from all the winners. 
A super huge congrats goes out to Todd Schinderly for winning the grand prize with swag from all the sponsors, including a GoPuck, a C4 belt, a pair of Woodrow's, 50 pounds of lead wake, and some extra swag from our friends over there at SeaDeck, Performance Ski and Surf, O'Brien, and Boulder Boats. Again, thank you to the listeners who supported, and of course, the sponsors for their generous contributions. Moving on with recent events, I emceed the Dealer Awards for Nautique Boats during their recent worldwide dealer meeting, which happened in Orlando, Florida. I've done the Dealer Awards on many occasions for Nautique Boats, as well as many of the other brands, and it's always a good time and a real fun experience for me, and it's always kind of an honor to be a part of uh, these ceremonies for the biggest manufacturers within our industry. The following day was December 10th, and myself, along with a couple of yo-yo professional friends of mine, including the many-time Filipino national champion, Duncan Pro, Brian Jardine, and owner of the yoyoshop.com, my friend Brandon Jackson, we organized and uh, threw the Florida State Yo-Yo Contest. We did that out at Orlando Water Sports Complex. They sponsored us with a venue, and man, we had a great turnout. We had close to 30 yo-yo players from around Florida and then the South in general. They showed up and performed on a crispy, cool Saturday in December in Orlando, of course. And just like I thought, we had a big handful of the local wakeboarders who signed up, and they competed as well. Uh, Put together a special division for all the wakeboarders. I called it the wakeboard division. You see, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Although two different spectrums of sport or hobby... Yo-yoers and wakeboarders have one major thing in common, the ongoing pursuit to learn new tricks. So it was really cool having the wakeboard support out there and all the yo-yo players. It was cool, guys. And you know what? Whatever you say, it was a fun time. And don't knock it until you try it. I recommend you guys go grab a Dunkin' Yo-Yo. Also, I squeezed a little visit over to the C-Deck factory with Brian Grubb. We did a factory tour and... C-Deck surprised Grubby with a little congratulatory custom C-Deck job in honor of his epic 2016 season. Keep your eyes on the Golden Mike Facebook page or the C-Deck Facebook page for a little video from that day. That's going to be posting early 2017. Before we move on, I want to remind you all that the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly and is always available online at noiseofthenorth.com. If you haven't done so yet, head over to the iTunes uh, or the podcast app on your iPhone, search for the Golden Mike podcast and subscribe. Then look for that middle button on the search page. Uh, Rate and review the podcast, guys. Do it. Help me make my sponsors happy. And speaking of those sponsors, to keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I want to thank those sponsors. SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, and LeadWake.com. If you guys aren't already doing so, be sure to follow me. Tag me, tweet me, whatever it is you do on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Dano T. Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook so you don't miss awesome opportunities to win free stuff 
like the 2016 virtual swag toss that we just finished. Uh, also, you guys can reach me through email anytime, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Okay, on to today's audio montage, which was recorded at the 2016 Nautique WWA Wakeboard Worlds held at the Canadian National Exhibition this past August. Hear from all the winners representing from all around the world in all the different age brackets, and then I'll be back with my guest, the Oracle, Rodrigo Donoso, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone, Sean Murray here at the CNE. That's the Canadian National Exhibition where we are hosting the 2016 Nautique WWA Wakeboard World Championships presented by Rockstar. Dano, this site is insane. Not only do we have great conditions, but the setting, it doesn't get much better than downtown Toronto. Erica Langman from Wake Canada. Chief judging your first world championships. Overall, what did you think about the weekend? Uh, the weekend was really exciting. I had a blast being able to come out here and judge with all the top international pro riders uh, and see a lot of my friends. I've spent some time on the other side riding, and this was my first time chief judging, and uh, I had a blast. It's an amazing crew with the WWA, and to have Way Canada involved is pretty cool to be part of the World Championship. So, yeah, thanks for having us. Ali Jerome, the World Championship happening here in your home country of Canada. How does it feel? Uh, talk a little bit about the contest this weekend. I was happy to be there supporting the boys and uh, making sure the the right decisions were being made and it was a really good show. Everyone killed it and the conditions were amazing up until finals. We got kind of the wind picked up and kind of made it, made it difficult for the boys, but it was an awesome weekend. The weather was cooperative. It was nice and sunny. Not too much rain and... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I'm Wyatt Spalding. I'm six years old. I'm from Ontario. I won Junior Boys Wakeboard. I'm Talon Brown, 10 years old, from Australia, New South Wales, Central Coast, Marset Park. Stoked to win WWA World Championship. Hello, my name is May Morgan Howell. I am 13 years old, and I am stoked to win my first World Championship behind my favorite boat, the G23. I'm Madison Labrack, and I'm 10 years old. I'm from Wake Forest, North Carolina, and I just won the Junior Girls Division at WWA Worlds. Hi, my name is Carson Prouse. I'm 12 years old, and I won the Boys Began Division at Wakeboard World. Hi, I'm Holly Watt. I'm 16 years old from New South Wales, Australia, and I just won my second world title, but my first in the Junior Women Division here in Toronto. My name is Billy Allen. I'm 20 years old from Innisfil, Ontario, Canada. I just took my first world championship in the Men's One Division. Conditions out here are awesome, and I'm stoked on it. Hi, I'm Heidi Vercesi. I'm from Italy. I won the um, women's wake skate division and uh, it's the first time that I won a, a world championship so I'm really very very happy and excited of it. Hi my name is Jesse Deemer from Traverse City, Michigan. I'm 28 years old, won my third uh, adaptive standing world title and I just want to say how awesome this community is and how much of just a, a blessing it's been to be a part of it. Hey what's up guys I'm Kevin Duffy. I'm from Deland, Florida, and I'm 14 years old, and I just won the boys' division at the WWA Worlds, and I'm so stoked to do it because my last year in boys. Hi, I'm Marcelo Giardi, Morocco from Brazil. I'm 34 years old. 
I just won the Masters Division here at Worlds in Canada. I'm pretty stoked. Yo, yo, what up, guys? It's Phil Kerr, the Twisted Mountie from Sterling, Ontario, Canada. I'm here at the WWA World Wakeboard Championships, and I finally just took home the championship. Stoked about it. Stoked to be here with everybody, having an awesome time. Hi, I'm Victor Cordeiro. I, I am 17. I won junior men division, and I'm from Brazil, and I train with Mareco. Hey, I'm Helen Harrell, I'm from the UK, and I just won Masters Women at the World. I am super pumped, super shocked, and just so happy. Hi, my name's Chris Sinkick from Innisfil, Ontario, and I just won men's too. Great venue out here, and uh, the conditions were perfect. Uh, really stoked and happy to come out on the top. Howdy, I'm Christopher Full. I just won Veterans Division. This is my third world championship. I'm from Wisconsin, 42 years old or young. Heck yeah. What's up, guys? Brandon Wolcott from Claremont, Florida. I'm 34 years old. I'm stoked to take the win at the World Championships in Amateur Wake Skate. Hi, I'm Joy Manning from Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia. I just won my fifth World Wakeboard Veterans Women's Championships. I am here with the president of the Nautique brand, Greg Maloon. Greg, we're here in Toronto, the Cini. What a sight, what an event. I want to hear your thoughts. The water's been perfect from a riding perspective. You get to look out over uh, Lake Ontario here. We couldn't be more excited to be part of this great big festival that's going on and exposing wakeboarders all over the world. Gunther Oka taking your first world title behind the boat. Coming in from like two years ago when I first won it in junior men and now retaking it in junior pro is definitely something I was like really proud of so it's been, it's been a good year. Dallas Friday how great did it feel to take a win here at the world championships? I've never had a win that's so satisfying and I'm proud of myself and you know I'm proud to be a mom and proud to be a wakeboarder and and just stoked on this win. Brian Grubb. Man I just had an awesome year I can't even really believe it looking back already but um, yeah really happy with how everything turned out today the site up here in Toronto was awesome um, yeah, like probably like one of the best sites we've, we've had all year for sure. And um, yeah, I just want to thank all my sponsors, um, Billabong, Red Bull, Hyperlite, Malibu Boats, Performance Ski and Surf, Zeal Optics. And uh, I also want to thank uh, the WWA and Nautique Boats for supporting wake skating and giving us a platform to compete on and a place for wake skating to grow. So yeah, really happy and kind of had a loss of words. <laughs> Corey Tunison taking the win in both pro men here at the World Championship and the overall. It's been an even longer season, so I mean, I'm pumped to, pumped to take the win, both of the worlds and uh, the overall, so I mean, it's been an awesome year. Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. And right now with my promo code, Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. I gotta say, congratulations, dude. 
Second year in a row, you won Photographer of the Year. How did it feel, man? Um, unbelievable. You know, Wake, you... Wake Awards Photographer of yes, the Year. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a Wake big Chris. deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And, um, I mean, there's nothing more gratifying than being recognized by your peers. And I, I couldn't honestly, like so many people that have been up there, I've I've looked up to and admired. And, and it's uh, it's just crazy that it's crazy to find yourself up there once. But to find yourself up there twice, like, it's just an unreal, it's an unreal feeling. Rod, I met you sometime around 2006, and if I can pinpoint where it was at, it was in Reno, Nevada, and it must have been pro wakeboard tour back in the in the old days, and yeah. you, you were already in the mix. You, um, you were already down with guys like Scott Byerly, and, like, Ruck knew who you were. And, oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, from the moment I met you, I mean, I, I think we connected and clicked and everything. But since I met you around 06, I mean, your career, it just seems like every year it's been going up and up and up, you know? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about it all, but okay. I want to find out how you got into the world of toad water sports in general. Well, I live in a water community. Uh, Discovery Bay, California is Northern California. It's a, um, it's a big, um, you know, a water ski community, and, and that's... Um, how I was introduced to water sports was uh, a friend of my dad's took us out to his property out in Discovery Bay, which was in the middle of nowhere. It still kind of is, but things are getting closer. The middle of nowhere is starting to touch, you know, somewhere. So, uh, but we're, we've been out there for years. That was where my parents bought their first home. And I grew up with guys that, uh, like Corey Kraut and Rich Ficciano and, uh, Darren Razor, um, bunch of guys that like were just old school wakeboarders from out in the West Coast, and and uh, they got good and and really, I remember uh, my buddy Corey asking me like, "Hey man, like he's like, dude, you don't he didn't ask me. He told me he said you have to get out here and enjoy this backyard that we have. You've lived out here for like seven eight years, and now you know like we should really take advantage of what we have in our backyard. And that was the that was like the trigger. He got me, pushed me, and I was like, you know what? You're right. Why why do we live in this community if we're not going to enjoy what it offers? What know? year was that? Maybe 1993. So were you following anything that was going on, say, in Canyon Lake or, or up there in like Lake Shasta? Videos. Like Lake Shasta, that's where... Um uh, what was, what was the event up there? Uh, wait, uh, bro stock. No, not, not board stock. Board stock. Board stock. Yeah, so. board stock was uh, epic. And yes, I did go to those in '98 and '99, and they were awesome. Like they were an, incredible. One of the coolest water parties. And then I mean, like uh, bro stock is modeled after board stock. You know, right. like all the stocks are ma- modeled after board stock. And all the so. sto- and all the board stock. But- uh, bro stock, those are all modeled after Woodstock. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Which yeah. is a hippie festival. Absolutely, yeah. So it was. It definitely. Uh, you know. Yeah. Did I? Did we just see a bat fly into the pool? I wouldn't doubt it, man. There is a heavy. I saw one. Yep. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So there's bats all over the place, I guess, right now. And I think I lifted my hand, and one of them caught the sonar, and so they came out. They're, oh my god! No, it's fine. They they're never gonna get us. They're just picking. Uh, they're oh, picking uh, insects up off the water. I, I'm like, did you see me freak out? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Holy smokes! It's okay. It, I think that's a white bat. Those are those are rare with guano. Guano. Yeah, it's kind of like a white cat poop. It is. I'm wondering <laughs> if we're gonna have to. These are big bats, Rodrigo. Yeah, I, we have bats where I live too. 
And if you chuck a rock in the air, you'll see them st- all the sonar hits them and they'll start flying around. And I just, man, I, that just made me nervous. But we're we're gonna get back. Yeah, let's we're keep going. Let's keep it, going. It's good conversation. Good conversation. Okay, so um, before we kind of get to to how you got into photography, um, uh, you're you're kind of coming up through the ranks here with your buddies and. Um, you got anybody kind of taking it serious, kind of seeing themselves maybe moving forward in, in yeah. professional wakeboarding? Yeah, Corey, uh, Rich, and um, and Darren Razor. So Corey Kraut, uh, Rich Vachano, and Darren Razor. Um, those three guys. There's a couple other of our buddies, too, who are really, really good riders. Bob Opsel and Joe uh, Miltner. And those dudes uh, shredded. They shredded, man. <clears throat> for the time but but my close buddies that lived right in discovery bay with me were uh cory uh kraut rich vachano and darren razor and they were definitely um pro caliber wakeboarders you know were you bringing the camera out in the boat with you guys at this time i did and the funny thing is that the only reason that i had a camera i might be jumping into a next question but the only reason i had a camera was because um just a couple years uh before i discovered the water my uh my buddy, or my buddy, my girlfriend, who is my buddy still, got me a job next door to her job, and it happened to be at a camera store. I think she wanted to keep an eye on me, <laughs> but it worked out, you know? The guy there um, let me take home whatever I wanted so that I could learn it to sell it, and, um, you know, the boys back home, Corey again, was like, hey, you should bring that out and shoot some photos like while we're on the boat. Um, photography isn't easy, but I mean, talk about how difficult it was to, to, um, like learn photography back in those days when you, you didn't have a screen on the back of the camera to see right. if you got the shot and you had to wait to develop photos. And I'm guessing that you were probably even at some point probably developing your own photos. I was and and, um, I shot a lot of slide film too. So I had to send stuff out to the lab to get processed and, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you'd have a roll of 36 and, and that thing didn't go very quick you you took your time shooting those photos and you made sure that they were going to count and and you would miss and you would learn and and then you would try not to miss again (laughs) what i've always found to be so interesting with you is is that you're self-taught and not just the whole photography thing i mean you're self-taught and and you you went from the early days the old the manual days to the digital days and you made that transition and it's not just that but it's also uh there's more to photography than just getting the photo with the camera because you know i I share these hotel rooms with you and we're on site for eight hours you shoot i don't know ten thousand photos in a day or something i don't know how many you shoot it's about a thousand or so okay a thousand Some photographers are shooting ten thousand in a day, though, right? <laughs> I I don't know, I don't know, but like in a in an in an eight hour day, you can you can hit up. I get up to a, a close to a thousand, yeah. But you're not the guy who's out there machine gun trigger no, on the camera. Not too much, no. But there are photographers who are doing that. Um, what, what I was kind of alluding to was was the other stuff that comes along with it the the computer work. Yeah, there's a lot of it. organizing and a lot of editing and and um, you know. There's um, that's the that's the unglamorous part, right? That that like uh, I don't know how glamorous photography really is at all, but um, but there's uh, there's definitely like some behind the scenes stuff that people don't see. That's processing and and organizing, and you know, organization is crazy is a crazy huge 
factor because if somebody asks you for a photograph and you can't find it, then that's not a good photograph. Sure. Okay. You know, bringing Medoc back up, you know, from the days when it wasn't digital, yep. Medoc has... Uh, binders and binders yeah. and binders of slides. Do you Slide have pages. something like that? Yeah, I do. And I recently actually took the slides and I scanned them all and I got rid of all my old slides because uh, I have so many, like you said, like binders of slides and I was learning, you know? So there's a handful of really cool shots in there, but this is a lot of really bad ones. <laughs> did, but going back to those old photos, did you see anything? You're like, oh man, that's way doper than I originally yeah, thought. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. then probably photos that you looked at and it was like, oh my God, I can't even believe I submitted that one. For sure, for sure. Uh, a name you, you had talked about, and we're, you know, this, we're, we're going to talk uh, about a few more things. Uh, a guy that you said you got started with was, was Corey Kraut and... Um, you know, Corey Crowd isn't with us anymore. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Corey in the late nineties before he passed and um, on the double up experience. Yeah, on the double up experience. Oh cool. Um with, with Greg Nelson and Colin Wright oh, and cool. Sam Owens, I yeah, think. Yeah, Sam was and, there. and Matt was her boyfriend at the time, Matt Purdy. Yeah, I mean the the old days and um and you know you when you and I met, you used to always tell me, you know, just kind of my attitude and my, my I guess my uh, brand of comedy kind of reminded you of Corey Crouton. Um, you know, we've, we have been pretty lucky in wakeboarding and in toad water sports in general, right. you know what I mean? And, right. and knock on wood, but, um, you know, we've been lucky. And, um, but we have lost some, some great people as well. Yeah. And uh, you're a guy... And I know I'm like, could be emotional, I don't know, but I, you know, I, I, I want people to hear the story of Corey Kraut and who he is and um, what he brought to the sport. And also, um, just as important as that, what happened to him, because I think that yeah. his story... Um, it's important. I, I think it's important, and I think that, unfortunately, his story may have, like a lot of stories, you know, over time, they kind of start getting lost in, in the sure. transition of life sure. and everything, and... Um, I, th I think it's important to kind of talk about him. So if you wouldn't mind getting, kind of give us a little bit about Corey. Okay. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the lowdown. Um, when I first moved out to discovery Bay, Corey was one of my, f he was in my class and we didn't like each other right away. Like first week we were like, you know, F this dude. He was too much like me, you know, like he was a little rambunctious, kind of loud, and uh, and that's who I was supposed to be. He was in my class. And I'm like, man, you know what? F this dude. He's kind of taking my, you know, steez. But he was local and I wasn't. So we had to get through that. Well, the first time we talked ever, um, we figured out that we liked each other. You know, I'm like, this dude is actually really cool. And so um, I spent, I mean, once we were buddies, like I used to stay the night over Corey's house, like every summer, like every night, they'd make me a plate of dinner like his mom would legitimately be mad if I didn't show up for dinner didn't like come and say that I wasn't showing up because she was making me a plate of dinner and so we were family man like he was my brother and um he uh he excelled in wakeboarding and like we talked you know he got me into it and and um and really helped me out you know along the way showed me some cool stuff had some really cool ideas on what you know riding should look like and his take on it you know and, um, which was heavily influenced by like Greg Nelson and guys like Scott Byerly and, uh, you know, Gator and, you know, in, in, then in the future, you know, Colin Wright and Rich Vachano. Um, but, uh, 
he climbed up through the ranks and and um, ended up getting a sponsorship um, with Double Up Wakeboards. And he was uh, going on tour. He met you uh, on the Double Up Experience, and he was like sharing wakeboarding with you know the country. And uh, on one of his trips, he uh, he was riding, and he was he was riding without a vest, and uh, he took a, a just a weird crash. I, it wasn't like a super, it was harsh, but it wasn't like he like came from the heights. He kind of like spit through the wake, I think. And just, he took an edge and got ejected out of his bindings and, uh, and, and he got KO'd. And so we think he got KO'd, but he didn't, he didn't come back. He didn't surface. And so he drowned and, um, and that's how he lost him. And so, um, sorry, but he's, but. His, like, uh, how do you say this, man? Like, his presence was so real that it's never going to go away. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to, it's in there. I think about him every day, and I'll never stop. And, you know, with, with when, when Corey passed, I think it, it definitely, I think... Corey, I can't remember if, if Corey or Todd Prend, uh, Todd Brendel passed first, but it was two different um, situations. But when Corey passed, I mean, it, it completely changed the industry because the counterculture of wakeboarding at that time, you know, it was cool not to really wear a vest and stuff like that. For and, sure. Um, he was actually sp- sponsored by counterculture. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> ironically. Okay. Um but, you know, it was after that, it wasn't long after that, that I think, you know, Wakeboarding Magazine stopped running photos with people right. um, not wearing vests and stuff like that. And, right. um, and you know, just how important it is. It's very important. It's very important. They, all these guys out here, you know, and Corey at the time um, are incredibly talented athletes, incredibly talented but there's things that you can't, you know, in life that you can't uh, foresee. And, um, you know, wearing something that's going to get you back up to the top of the surface of the water is pretty important just in case you take that crash and, you you know, things go wrong. At least your buddies can have a chance to grab you, you know, and that and that like and then, you know, you just hope that you're OK at that point, you know, whatever. But at least they, you have a chance to see another day. And um, he didn't get that chance because of, you know, of a lack of, of some type of a flotation device. And, um, you know, I know that people don't like to wear like real thick life jackets and stuff because it kind of like constricts you a little bit. But Sean Murray wears a, a, a full blown U.S. Coast Guard vest and and he rips and Brad so. Smela is living proof. Yeah, that it works. Yeah. Brad was wearing, Brad Smela was wearing, I don't know if you know, he was wearing Coast Guard approved vest the day he got injured. And if he wasn't wearing it, you, you, there's, a, yeah, the possibilities could be, yeah. yeah. Horrific, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it, already it's, was, it's a horrible situation, but, um, you know, do you, is it ever okay for somebody not to wear a vest in your opinion? Uh, I let people do what they're going to do because I'm not ever going to, you know, and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I've done, I've gone out since Corey's passed away and ridden without a vest. And I've been like, you know, I don't know what I was trying to prove, but I've done it. So I've been guilty of it. Do I think it's smart? No, I don't think it's smart. So, um, 
currently in this day and age, this Rodrigo, if I get on a wakeboard, I definitely have a proper flotation device, and uh, and that's how I ride nowadays. What are your thoughts on like photos of people riding without them, or or even <sighs> even like riders? Because to, to me, I'm sorry, I, I asked you a question, I cut right in, but no, no. to me, it's like we're ambassadors of the sport, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be in front of people. I think there's a few reasons why you should wear a vest. Number one is safety, you know? Sure. You know, and if you're if you're an ambassador and you've got people looking up to you, man. You're sending a message, I understand. You know, you're sending a you're sending a message and you know, and, and you know, the least important uh reason is you got guys complaining that they need sponsors. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um well I it's a mixed it's kind of a mixed answer. Because there's so many avenues in wakeboarding nowadays, um, there's uh, most situations you should probably wear a vest, I would say. There's some spots, some winch spots and stuff that have some shallow waters that you could technically, the chances of you drowning are super duper slim. So guys choose sometimes not to wear them. But the mags have put up a pretty good, um, they put up a pretty good barrier and just put their foot down and said hey if you're not going to wear a vest we can't run your photos so um in the past i've been able to squeeze around that some if the photo is strong enough you know you might be able to get it get it taken care of but uh, over the last few years that's not an option and um and you know i mean if you want to look cooler and i get it like sometimes like if you're in a winch spot and for people out there that don't wakeboard a bunch, like a winch spot is more of a street style wakeboarding. Um, I get that it looks a little odd, so so it kind of looks a little kooky. Just throw a t-shirt on, you know what I mean? You can still look fine. You'll still look fine, you know. And and uh, for sure, like so, there is that. That's like my answer. I get why people don't want to wear them in certain situations, you know. And um, well, I mean, I see. Okay, I, I would say. Maybe like Battle Falls, Reed Hansen's place, right. you know, where the water's, I don't even know what it is, but I would guess no more than six, seven, eight feet maximum depth. And it's a tiny little pond right. that there's, you know, you, you're going to be able to get down there. But who knows if you're going to be able to get down there. Yeah. And, and most of the places that we go that I've been okay with people not wearing vests, I mean, I'm talking two feet of water, you know what I mean? Sure. To where like, there's no possible way that we're not going to be able to see you if you go down. But I mean, in that case, I mean, the, the vest you got a good impact. Too. Yeah, sure. Sure. You might be a little more concerned about a helmet at that point. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, don't get me wrong. It is cool to see some really popping abs in, in a yeah, photo, you for know, sure, but for sure. obviously, you know, in the memory of Corey, I think it's important that, that especially as a pro rider that you do wear a vest and that you preach it to people. Sure. Sure. You know? And, you know, um, I, I think, you know, people have to understand, too, that uh, it's kind of like a do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Some of these guys are incredible athletes. And I, I'm not trying to say this to sound smug or anything like that, but that's not necessarily you. And you have to know that. Like myself, I'm not a great rider. I'm not going to go put myself in that situation because I know if I get smoked, I'm not a strong, the strongest swimmer. And like, I'm going to have issues, you know, where some of these dudes have grown up surfing and they get slammed and they can hold their breath and they're like, just, 
they're not me, you know, they're a different human being. And I think that the public has to kind of come to terms with stuff like that as well. You know, where like, just because you see somebody doing it doesn't mean it's a great idea. And I'm, you don't know what that dude's skill set is. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, you hear a lot, not a lot, but when you do find a rider who doesn't like to wear a vest and they say, oh, well, there's guys out there, you know, surfing, surfing Mavericks sure, and, sure. And, and Jaws and all these gnarly waves and those, and it's way gnarlier than wakeboarding. Right. But I look at wakeboarding like a family sport, man. And, and to me... You do it for your family, you know, not not just mom and dad, but your family, you know, like, yeah, us, yeah, like the family, family, you sure. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Rodrigo, it's, it's, you know, there's, uh, no, no secret. It seems that you have become basically pretty much the lead photographer in the world of wakeboarding. You know, you're, you are the go-to guy for events, uh, some of the biggest brands, you know, Hyperlite, Fox, these guys reach out to you first. Um, riders, the biggest and best names in the world, uh, reach out to you first. Um, I want to talk about uh, some of some of that and some of your experiences with uh, these these athletes and some of your experiences um, over your over your years. And um, who who would you say would be like some of your favorite guys to photograph and to shoot with? Wow. Um, I guess I could start, I, I kind of would have like a chronological order because I've gone through a couple gener like a couple generations of riders now. And so it started out, my favorite riders to shoot were Corey Kraut, Rich Facciano, you know, Darren Razor. I didn't shoot that much then, but those were my guys. They were my subjects and they killed it. So I, uh, I would shoot with them, you know? Uh, and they were my favorites at the time. And and a lot of these guys are going to be names that maybe a lot of the people don't know in the beginning here because, you know, these are people that were kind of old school and maybe not nationwide names at the time, okay? So you'd have to be pretty deep into the sport to know them. But um, Derek Cook, uh, Daniel Dowd was a great uh, person to photograph. Uh, Aaron Aubrey was a sick uh, person to photograph. Um Ricky G when I first like got a chance to hang out with Ricky G and like shoot Ricky like hitting double ups I mean it was insane you know he like would go out and just smash double ups and give you like images that you're like oh that's awesome you know like what a cool and and uh and your subject matters your subject matters man so um that was like kind of the first gen and then like Kyle Murphy um, Derek Cook stayed in, in like kind of like a little piece of the first generation and, and, and every piece afterwards he is a huge cog in like my whole, you know, deal. So, um, uh, Kyle Murphy, Derek Cook, Justin Fisher, um, Nick Valier, uh, sick. I mean, uh, really sick dude. Creative dude. Yeah. Had his own way of looking at it. And, and it didn't matter what you thought, like he was going to do it. And nine times out of 10, it was pretty freaking cool, dude. Like it was pretty cool. And so he went out and did this thing and, and, um, and all those guys did Fisher Murphy. They really pushed the winch, uh, side of, of wakeboarding, you know, once they, and it, we were also really tight with the homeless crew, which was, um, uh, Kyle Walton. Um, oh my gosh, I'm like slipping some names, Brandon Rao, um, and so, yeah, I mean, th that was, you know, then and, and um, 
those were like early 2000s, you know, 2005, six, seven, like that. And um, currently, uh, I-, I love shooting with like my crew out at home, which is like, uh, again, Derek Cook, <laughs> uh, Josh Twelker is like an unreal subject unreal subject like the dude's very conscious of what his writing looks like and it comes out you know like he's we've got a good connection um you know when you guys uh, get out on the water with your bros and people have like hand signals you know ours actually makes sense to each other you know <laughs> and uh trevor mauer dude another just photo booth you know like everything he does looks cool and and it's just like really cool to watch you know really cool to be a part of and so um he's rad that's my like local cali crew that like and and recently tyler hyam who's been coming up and he's fun to shoot with too he spends a lot of time with josh twelker he's a grom but uh he's you know the future of our sport and he's got like pretty sick style and fun to shoot sure then i got you know like like you mentioned earlier i have a chance to shoot with a lot of really big names that I admire. Um, well, you just started off, you, you're like all West Coast, basically. Yes, because yeah, I'm going chronological. So, like, that's kind of where I started. So, like, once I started to get a chance to shoot other guys, my first, like, major gig was f- for shooting for Hyperlite and for Byerly boards. And um, that meant that I got to shoot the Hyperlite team and the Byerly team, which meant I got to shoot with Byerly. <laughs> And, uh, which, so Byerly is one of my favorite all time people to shoot with because he's always been so creative and always been so cutting edge. And, and he's a dude that like, and this is kind of going to sound funny, but like music artists, um, that stay relevant can recreate themselves over and over and over again to stay relevant, you know? And Byerly's done that. Byerly is an older dude in wakeboarding, but he's still super, super like, like, I mean, he's like a, the most prominent figure ever in wakeboarding. And even if the young kids don't know why they're wakeboarding, you're wakeboarding because of Scott Byerly. Byerly. (laughs) And so, uh, there's a, I mean, there's that dude. It's just that like epic, super iconic figure. I got a chance to watch Scott wakeboard, which he didn't do a bunch of. He had uh, transitioned over to wake skating by the time I started shooting with him. And, um, man, I got to watch him do a front flip the other day and, uh, I, I freaked out. I'm in the what's water. That? I got to ask you like, what's that like now is you got Scott Byerly wakeboarding again. Oh. And how much is he wakeboarding? Dude, he's been doing it. And he's... when do we get to see this? I have photos, man. I got photos and, and they're coming out. We have, we just recently did a 2017 catalog shoot and Scott wakeboarded a lot. And, um, and then the last time that I was in Florida, I happened to be in town one extra day and happened to get, happened to be over at Brandon Thomas's place. Who's another one of my favorite guys to shoot, but I'll get there in a sec. He, uh, Byerly calls and he's like, Hey man, you know how he does mellow and cool. I got a cool wakeboard spot spot or a cool wakeboard spot, this ledge, man. I want to go hit it. And so, uh, BT's like, well, Rodrigo's here. So he's like, what? Like, great timing. I'm like, what are we doing, right? And he's like, well, Scott's coming over. We're going to go film him hitting this winch spot. So the boys went out and, like, we got a sick shot. And, the, and I'm, I'm positive you'll see it coming up in the in the 
first mag or so of the coming season. Going to stop super fast right there, folks, to tell you about a few really awesome holiday deals I have set up for you with some of our sponsors. C4Belts.com and GoPuck.com, which of course is where I get my belts and portable power devices from, as well as Woodrose.com, my favorite eyewear of choice, are offering some pretty sweet deals this December. Use promo code GMPDEC all December long for 20% off at C4Belts.com and at GoPuck.com. At Woodrose.com, use that same promo code GMPDEC and get 30% off your entire order. I know the year's almost over, so don't miss out on these great offers. Once again, go to C4Belts.com, GoPuck.com, or Woodrose.com. Use promo code GMPDEC and get hooked up on a budget. Now let's get back to Rodrigo Donoso, my guest right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. So, you know, last time I had Scott on the podcast, he was not wakeboarding. Um, he's he's kind of past it, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's obviously still involved with the team and and super, you know, and everything, you know, and, and you know, but his body, you know, he kind of seemed like his body was kind of over it, and um, his soul maybe a uh, semi, but but now. From from what you, what you're talking about and and kind of off the podcast, we've chatted a, a little bit about it because I I was pretty impressed when I heard it. What was, I mean, what was it like that moment you got to see Scott get back up, strap in? Uh, you know what I've we've like, <laughs> so Scott was was over strapping in for a while because he was concentrating on wake skating. And he didn't wakeboard, and he and just like anybody else, when you have when you're good at something, you don't want to go out there and be half-assing something, especially on a photo shoot. So I'd seen Scott take a couple of carves here and there on the wakeboard during our, my time with him during photo shoots, but the this last couple of years, Scott has approached me, and before it was us asking him to please just get in here. It's good for our, it's good for the brand, you know, and. Um, people want to see on a wakeboard but he asked me these last few times hey man what do you think about this so when he asks you like to if you would think it was cool to go shoot a couple shots of him on a wakeboard the answer is hell yes and i was super psyched to go out and do it and i was like giddy like a little kid watching him cut into the wake like he still got it, man. It still looks cool, dude. Just carving by still looks cool. The hook arm is not played out. It's awesome. Well, it's not when Scott does it. No, it is dope. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you brought up so many West Coast names before you started kind of talking about Scott yeah. and BT there. But I, I got to ask you, man. Okay, um, you know, a lot of times I'll ask people here on the podcast, you know, kind of talk about, especially folks who've been around for a long time, kind of about the animosity between, uh, like the water skiers and the wakeboarders. But I'm going to ask you because, I mean, you're so deep in the crews of the East coast athletes and the West coast athletes. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like you saw more of it in the old days, perhaps a little bit. Well, just maybe like, I, I don't know, maybe. You know, the East Coast is doing their thing. The sure. West Coast is doing their thing, and they don't really come together too right. often. Yeah. But um, what's, what's your view on it? I mean, is there animosity there? or can, 
I don't think so, but I would like, can I take a moment to just like, I wanted to finish on the last thing that we talked about. There's so many guys that I love to shoot with. I got to Team Byerly, but like, and Team Byerly, I love shooting those dudes. George Daniels, epic dude. That dude can do anything on a wake skate. And like, it's almost like playing a video game. Like you're like, Hey, can you do this? You know, up, up circle or whatever. And George does it. And you got your photos like every time, you know, BT hardest worker. He's always out there. He's filming. He's joking around doing magic tricks. And then he does magic tricks on his wake skate. So you're getting awesome stuff constantly. Um, I met Mitch Langfield through the Byerly team shoots, Brenton Priestley through the Byerly team shoots, uh, guys like Kyle Rattray were awesome to hang out with when he was riding for Byerly. Um, awesome. Like just crews, the hyperlight crew, insane. JD Webb is like one of my favorite all time wakeboarders ever, 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 you know, like he is so good on the water and has such a rad attitude and, um, just the way he goes about it is rad. He appreciates what I'm doing out there and I super appreciate what he's doing out there. And so like I got like a strong vibe with the riders because I think I'm into it. I I like, I like watching good riding and I love getting a good photo. And so like when I see somebody come back and they're pumped on what we got, Oh man, that's like it right there. You know I mean? That's what I do it for. That's, that's what I do it for. And so, um, Randall Harris, Holy, I mean, smokes, dude. How could you not like shooting that? I mean, there's times where like, that's a whole different animal, you know? Like I've been in positions where we've been chase boat and Randall Harris and like the chase boat driver, you're asking him to speed up and he's got this dumbfounded look on his face. Like, dude, we're doing 30 miles an hour. What do you mean speed up? You know? <laughs> and, 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 and it's hairy and it's so balls to the wall and, and it's full on Randall Harris, you know, it's like insane to watch i never thought that we would get as tight as we are you know um with all of these dudes to be totally honest with you and um it's awesome to watch and then like now gunther oka jake palat like dude i mean the aussie kids like they're all so sick and there's so many of them i mean there's so many of them um, You're I, not going to run out of content, needless to say. No, no. I mean, I recently spent some time with some of the young Groms from Australia over at Tony Iaconi's place. Shot Tony. Uh, shot little Elliot Digney, who is insane. And if you are a Wake fan, keep your, like, remember that name, because he will be somebody. I guarantee it. Maybe even next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real soon, for sure. Um, Louis Watt. Awesome. You know, new Byerly team rider. Sick, sick, sick. And um, I know I'm probably missing some guys. I I enjoy shooting with everybody. But uh, I recently um, started doing uh, um, some work with Malibu Boats. And uh, I got to shoot their whole team. Um, Brian Grubb is part of that team. And he's also part of Hyperlite. And this is a pioneer in wake skating and just an all-around champion like at life. And... Um, I mean, man, like, how could you, I, how could you not like shooting those dudes, you know? And I mean, the, the Malibu team is massive and they all rip. Wow. You know, like you're just jaw dropping stuff the whole time, you know, like you got like on the girl side, like Amber wing, just shredding, you know, like you're just like, dude, like if she was my babe, I could, she would just have to wear the pants. Cause she is just so much better of an athlete than I am. Uh, I think that goes for all of us. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, you know, her husband, Dino Smith, Danny Harf. I mean, 
dude, I have the best track record with Danny Harf. Like we knew each other for so long before we shot photos just because I never wanted to be successful because I piggyback somebody else's success, you know, like Dan has been the man and a lot of people could go and take a really good photograph of Dan because he throws out really good photos, you know? And in my head, I wanted to do it with our crew and get, not that I was against shooting anybody because I, I wanted to shoot with people, but I didn't want it to be the reason why people knew who I was. You know, I wanted to create my own scene and, and have our own scene in the West coast. Cause I think we needed it, you know? And, um, and we've done that. We've done a, we've done a pretty good job. I think, you know, I'm pretty satisfied with what we've done. And it's just, uh, Melissa market. Awesome. Like that chick is unreal, dude. Like she rips behind the boat, but like she excels like crazy at doing stuff that like, I look at some of the winch spots that she has and she is impressive, dude. Like to say the least, some of the stuff she does is so gnarly that I'm just like, I ask a, a multiple times, are you, are you sure that you're good with this? And, and she calmly looks right over and says, yeah, I got it. You know? <laughs> so yeah. So there's Roddy, that. you shot with them all, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And, 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 and like you said, I mean, like how in you are with them and how close you become with so many people, man, it's always so impressive. And, um, you know, and, and that's why I, wa- I kind of wanted to, to ask you that question about if there was any of that West coast, East coast animosity ever. I don't feel it. Um, I mean, have you ever heard of anything like that? I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think so. To be totally honest with you, I think there was like this at one time there was a, two different styles of looking at wakeboarding. Right. And, um, and I think that that comes from basically where you're from, what influences you're riding, you know, cause wakeboarding is, 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 was in its infancy, at, you know, when I was first coming into the sport, let's say, and we, on the West Coast, where I'm from, don't live very close to the ocean, so it's not very surf um, uh, influenced. Okay, it was more influenced from like, uh, like basically snowboarding, and and uh, it was also, um, and so like when you go to the when you go over to the East Coast, a lot of the guys surf and rip surfing, you know, so they have a really surfy style. And, um, and a lot of those guys have parents and I mean, the accessibility in Florida to being able to walk out of your backyard and step on your boat and just take off is something that most people on the West coast don't have. We have five mile an hour zones. We have a little bit stricter laws on how many people you need to have in the boat, um, to be able to ride and, and legally and stuff like that. And so, well, there's so many lakes in Florida that the, the, uh, DNR and the police, they just can't patrol them all. True. True. And so. Yeah. So there's just, you know, it's just a little differences and stuff. And so, and what I was getting at was that like people in Florida have families that ski, you know, there's a lot of skiing going on and a lot of like, you were a three event dude, right? No, show ski, but show ski, my bad, my bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, ruck, ruck three event guy, show, show skier. Yeah. Dang it. Okay. Well, yeah. some of my favorite guys are show the Midwest. Skiers. The Midwest is all about all show, show ski. Yeah. yeah. No one east, The East coast is goes, the okay. three. Oh, that, okay. Stuff. Yeah. See, I'm learning. <laughs> so still, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's all that, you know, that comes with it. We didn't have a bunch of, like our parents didn't water ski, you know what I mean? Like we started going out and so we wakeboarded 
and we didn't really spend time on skis and there was no influence from that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think there's advantages to both. You know, like I look at guys like Eric Ruck, who does the sickest front mobs. Where does that come from? You know, on his trick ski? I, I think so. You know no, what I mean? He no? was doing the front mobs on the wakeboard before he learned on a trick ski. How about front flips? Oh, he's got just sick tricks, though. Yeah. You know? no, Ruck, Ruck, was, uh, Ruck was just a different animal growing up, man. He was just one of those guys, whether it was on snow skis or water skis, the guy was he's just... He's just talented. Well, he, he was one of those dudes who was just anything he picked up you know right what I mean? yeah but god f those guys man but, but i love them <laughs> but dude, like, i i kind of get i get what you're saying and it's not you know it sounds like you know maybe they're on the west coast it was more of like a new generation and that's why maybe you know and and I, maybe we didn't know that we, much and it maybe comes off disrespectful I, but it's not in, intentional it's just a it's a it's a there's no way that we were like in my crew anyway nothing that it was ever done on the east coast sucked you know, it was just different than what we wanted to do. There's no doubt that kind of like my influence, you know, Ruck, I mean, obviously we all started as water skiers and even guys like Grub, you know, yeah. and Chad and I mean, yeah. well, Chad, not really from the West, from the East Coast. He's from the he's kind of West Coast, Canada, Northwest, yeah. but, yeah. um, but you know, a lot of us had that influence from water skiing and where I guess in, in, in Cali or in the West Coast in general, um, it was probably like more like the older people were skiing yep and then the younger exactly people it, it's exactly what were it into the counterculture of wakeboarding it's exactly so, what it was and 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 you know normally i would talk a little bit about some of the animosities between wakeboard and water ski just i find it so interesting just being a, a lover of all of, total of all water sports yeah, yeah um but you know like that was the thing you, like i guess like in on the west coast uh, really more than cuz where i'm where i c- grew up nobody could care you know, right. water skiing in Wisconsin, nobody cared if you wakeboarded, kneeboarded, or as long as you were on the water, yeah. you were part of the crew. You're three months, you don't have you three, four months max. You, <laughs> you don't have no time. time yeah, <laughs> you know. But from the West Coast, I guess you have the small area to ride in. Yep. And and the skiers didn't have room for the wakeboarders, and the wakeboarders could care less what the skiers had to say. Yeah, and I think there was like some mutual disrespect going on there between like. Um, you know, some, some people that like thought, you know, Hey, I'm here first. And so you don't have the right to come out here type of stuff. You and know? maybe a lot of that stemmed from the whole snowboard snow. Speed. Yes. And it just like, and so, and so, you know, at, at one point, whether, no matter what age you are, if somebody treads on you too hard, you're either going to just get pushed around or you're going to bark back. And I think that some of the, some of our friends that like we're currently friends with right now barked back and, and you know, when you're young, sometimes you say stuff that you might regret. Maybe you still mean it, but you might regret it later, you know, and when you get older, you just learn how to bite your lips sometimes. But, um, you know, and that's a great uh, way to do it because if someone's an ass and you just bite your lip and you go the other way, when they go home, they know they were an ass, you know? And so uh, the only time that you can, when you just fuel the fire, when you, like, start barking back. And so... Roddy, you... Uh, you just like myself, I mean, we have been, you know, blessed to be able to travel around to some amazing places. And I'm going to tee you up on this one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to ask you what the coolest place ever that you've been able to go to with wakeboarding. I've got a specific one that really impressed me. We were in earlier in the summer of 2016, you and I were in Europe. We were in Portugal and yeah. you had just, uh, 
coming from a trip to Amsterdam. Yes. And I believe it was Amsterdam. And you were showing me some photos. You had the opportunity to shoot Phil Collins. And Phil Collins, obviously. Switzerland. Is Switzerland, okay. Switzerland, yeah. Why did I think Amsterdam? Oh, you went to We did Am- Amsterdam after Portugal. So okay. I went Switzerland, San Francisco, Portugal, Amsterdam. Okay, so if anybody's listening who doesn't know who Phil Collins is, press pause right now on the podcast. You'll feel and, it coming. <laughs> yeah, go, um, go and look up Genesis or go look up Phil Collins. And more L- importantly, that, if, you don't, if you don't know who Phil Collins is... You should just know that. <laughs> where the heck have you been your whole entire life? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, talk about what... Ha- you Talk about that trip, that experience, what what that all entailed, what you did. One of the coolest experiences I've gotten a chance to be a part of. Um, my uncle is a is a successful um, uh, musician and um, he's from Chile. My whole family's from Chile and he's um, he was in a rock band in Chile when he was a, when he was a kid and they hit number one in Chile. Right. But rock bands in Chile aren't the same as rock bands in the U S like you're important, you're famous, but you're not going to like just explode into money because you're a rock star. You know, it's just not the way it was. At the time, so he did his thing, and and I think that he peaked out there and wanted more. He came up to live with us for a few months, saved some money, took himself saved money for tuition, took himself to school down in Southern California, bought my mom's Fiat. <laughs> it was a hilarious little car, and uh, and he started going to school for like sound engineering, and um, and he and he clearly crushed it because his first gig out of school was being Phil Collins sound engineer. And so there was, and and my uncle is no slouch. He's, I think he's got six Grammys. Like the dude's no joke, you know, like he really, really knows his stuff and he's so humble and you'd never know, but I got to watch him in action and it's, it's impressive as like an understatement for sure. Controls like he produced Phil's whole show. Um, Phil Collins does this show, um, that is called, um, oh my gosh, it's kind of slipping my head. He does this thing for, um, for kids, um, that basically is, is like he mentors a group of kids that he hand selects. Um, it's called little dreamers foundation. And, um, he mentors these kids and, and teaches them not like, unlike American idol where they get a bunch of talent and one person wins and they're like, all right, cool. You're a superstar but you have no clue what you're doing because you just been on American Idol. <laughs> you don't have any clue how to be a superstar and manage this whole life. His whole deal is that he hand selects these people. He takes them on this tour to sing with him, which is incredible. And they're incredible. The, the kids were honestly like a huge part of the show. I was blown away by how good they were. Um, and he mentors them, man. He shows them, is this, this is what it's about. You know, this is how you do the whole process from beginning he, to he, end. He shows them what's in the air tonight. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, for sure. And so, uh, so they get the chance to say, "Hey, I want to do this, or I don't." You know, because ultimately, when it becomes your job, there's times where it's work. You know, and it's not always the funnest thing in the world. You know, when you're like in a situation that's less than ideal, but you got to get it done, and blah blah blah. But everybody goes through that, no matter what job they're at. So I, when I get into those situations, I constantly tell myself, you know what, like. I could be doing something else and feeling like this. So, but when my good is good, 
I'm super stoked. <laughs> but so anyhow, so f- that's how I got to go see Phil. My uncle asked me um, over, um, I believe it was my my grandfather's birthday dinner. Um, it could have been my grandmother's. I'm not 100% sure. But um, he brought up that he was going to Switzerland, told me that I could uh, I could tag along if I wanted to, and that we'd get a chance to shoot with Phil. And um, I absolutely jumped on it because I'm like oh this is going to be incredible and um man it was it was it was more than amazing like I you watch it like I spent minimal amount of time with the dude but he's cool I mean he's there's a reason he's a superstar I'll tell you that much you know like it's no mistake he more than just talent on on the drums oh yeah and the vocals oh yeah he's he knows exactly what he's doing he's been around and like he's got he's witty um few times that like we spoke you know and sometimes he spoke to like a a few of us at a time or whatever he's personable the dude's genuine you know um yeah he's got all like the right characteristics that you'd need to have to be that kind of a a superstar so will we see those photos or those photos going anywhere yeah he um i just recently sent them over to uh his manager uh via my uncle and um, they're going to use them to promote their Little Dreamers Foundation. There it is. You yeah. you got the name. Yeah, man. <laughs> you remembered it. Um, who else have you, you know, other, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming most listeners to my podcast believe that every name that you already mentioned <laughs> earlier um, are superstars, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, outside of wakeboarding, have you had the chance other than Phil Collins to meet anybody else that, you, you know, kind of, the only reason you were able to do it was because of of photography. Yeah, able photography and wakeboard photography in general. You know. Yeah. Um, gosh, man. I um I used to travel around with a friend of mine. Um, and and the only reason I take photos was because of wakeboarding. So all my photography is basically based off of wakeboard photography. So when I say photography, that's the roots, and everything else stems off of it. So. Um, I got a chance to go shoot, um, this musician named Donald Glott. He's a, he's a DJ and, um, he was a, uh, a really prominent DJ. Um, just about, you know, he still kills it like all over the place. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, generations change and stuff, but yeah, he was a, like a top 10 DJ on the top 100 list for years and years and took me around. I, I mean, I got to go to Vegas with this dude on a Learjet from San Francisco to Vegas where we played uh I shot him playing Ruby Sky which is like a big nightclub in San Francisco New Year's Eve and then Mandalay Bay uh picked us up at the airport in a private jet uh to go to Vegas for him to play House of Blues uh later that night so uh and I mean on top of dude the guy took me all over the country you know like everywhere in the craziest little spots and meeting people and like that was one of the cooler experiences like that my photography and, and wakeboard photography has taken me. And I mean, yeah, there's so many people. I mean, even just like more than that, I've met like just people that necessarily aren't superstars, but are just awesome. Cause right. I've been everywhere with the tour and, uh, legitimately, I want to say at the end of this year, like, I think I'll be on the road for something like 230 some days. And so impressive stuff, Rodrigo. Yeah. And so it's, uh, 
so we're going um yeah i mean my families man uh random dudes in local towns the people that are helping us here right now i've met a handful of people that are helping us here that like work here that are awesome we met a famous dominican i don't know if you know we, we yeah the the Enduro dude, a right? famous dominican baseball player yeah is like helping us out here this weekend well dude that and i mean like shoot the dominican republic puts out some of the best baseball players in the world no doubt so we'll probably see this dude in the big leagues pretty soon yeah, yeah. he reminds me of the guy from the movie blended with adam sandler and <laughs> jennifer aniston go watch it and then come to uh El Sol here yeah. in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, Riggs, we're almost done here, man. This has been an awesome conversation, and I, I got to thank you, bro. But in the world of wakeboarding, dude, you, as far as photography goes, you've done it all. You've shot the best. You've had covers. Um, you've won Wake Awards Photographer of the Year so, and voted by your peers and industry folks. Um are you shooting for another? Uh, are you going to go for three-time photographer of the year? Does that even matter to you? And uh, future goals, what's coming up? I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter because I, lo- I love to try to do my best. But I'll tell you that I didn't ever go seeking photographer of the year. I went out to go do the best that I could with the people that like had fun shooting with me and that I had fun shooting with. And the result was awesome. And I did it again. You know, I've always done it that way. But, you know, you progress as a human being, hopefully, in life. And um, I've gotten a chance to progress right along with the riders that I get to shoot. And um, so next year, if, you know, the people feel the same way about me, then awesome. You know, for that'd be awesome. Very cool. All right, Rod. Well, um we got to get out of here because these bats are starting to freak me yeah, out. I can tell you're jumping around in that seat. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you heard me freak out like, like way long ago. But for, sure. um, for anybody interested in finding out more about you, um, uh, you have where are you at on the internet? Um, Instagram's my best place, man. I, that's where I put most of my stuff. Like people nowadays ask me if I have a website, and I think that's kind of just honestly like outdated at this point you want to see current stuff that i'm doing jump on my instagram at rodrigo snaps if you want to see my website it's rodrigophotography.com um it just uh it might even be rodrigosnaps.com but at rodrigo snaps r-o-d-r-i-g-o-s-n-a-p-s and um that's where you can see what i'm up to i don't post all the time i kind of go quality over quantity but but that's, you, that's but you, but if you're following people, and or not even if you're following them, but if you see something cool, you'll comment. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! I I I'm active. I'm active in the community. You know, like I go through and I like I never comment. I like to comment on certain stuff that gets me excited. You cool. know, so uh, I mean, I ask the wakeboarders. I'll ask you any sponsors or folks who help you out. You want to send a shout out to friends, uh, family, anything? Heck yeah! I like uh, well. My family, first and foremost, for sure. You know, mom, dad, brother, both my brothers. His, he's got a baby boy and his wife and a brand new baby on the way. So they've, um, you know, they're the reason that I'm here and doing what I'm doing. And my main support. So thank them for sure. All my friends, way too many to name. I love everybody, you know, equally. And um, the people that have supported me in this game for years and years and years now have been... Um, Hyperlight wakeboards and Byerly boards, and uh, and I I owe them a huge debt of gratitude. Um, Malibu Boats um, has done, uh, you know I've recently acquired um, 
a relationship with them and, and they're amazing to work with. But I have, uh, I have great relationships with a lot of the brands out there. Fox clothing has been really good to me over the years. Been good to both of us. Absolutely. Um, the guys over at O'Neill, man, I love those dudes too. Like I, I, you know, I, I hate to say that like, you know, like, uh, you know, you're just like, I don't want to say like I'm loose with the companies. I don't know how to say it, but I love like the scene and, and the dudes that are behind the scenes running stuff are all pretty rad. And so like the guys over at Billabong too, like Butchie, you know, like I have a relationship with him because he shapes boards for Byerly. So, um, you know, you might catch me, you know, sporting a Billabong shirt here and there too, just because that's, they're all homies. So I hope nobody gets mad at me if I cross over too many lines, but, uh, I think I, I think that's pretty on point. Rodrigo, we're uh, we're done here, man. I got, just got one last question for you. My name's Dano T. Mano, what, and what do you think the T stands for? I'm pretty sure it stands for the. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, thanks a ton, brother. All right, dude. Thank you. Rockstar Energy. From athletes to rock stars, Rockstar Energy Drink is designed for those who lead active lifestyles. Available in over 20 amazing flavors at convenience and grocery outlets in over 30 countries, Rockstar supports that Rockstar lifestyle across the globe through action sports, motorsports, and live music. Rockstar is the official energy drink for the entire WWA Wakeboard World Series. Find out more info on upcoming Rockstar Energy events at www.rockstarenergy.com. Rockstar Energy. CDEC Non-Skid Closed Cell EVA products offer safe and comfortable alternatives to molded-in non-skid paint-on textures and other marine traction products. Employee-owned and made in the USA, CDEC is UV-protected, non-absorbent foam, and features an innovative textured micro-dot surface for enhanced non-slip characteristics. CDEC offers hundreds of standard patterns for anything from kayaks and paddleboards to fishing boats, wake boats, and just about anything you can think of. Looking for something a bit more custom? SeaDeck can facilitate just about any idea you can think of. Check out SeaDeck.com for more info on everything SeaDeck. Again, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. We're back. How about Rodrigo? Is that guy amazing or what? He was tired and sounding a little hoarse for his normal self, but he still delivered some gold in that interview. And kind of, that's what the Golden Mike podcast is about, right? Well, event-wise, I'm currently roaming free, folks. I have an open schedule moving into 2017, but I know the events will start piling up soon. So the break is welcomed for now. But I definitely look forward to getting back to work. And that leads me into this next thought. If any of you listeners are interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, appear at your next event, or just any question in general, please email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. It's super public. It's super easy to get a hold of me. Once again, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. That's always a welcomed surprise. 
I've mentioned it. I'm going to say it again and again and again. I'm back on iTunes, so make sure you guys all find me. Subscribe, rate, review the show, tell a friend about the podcast. Come on, guys. That's all I want for this holiday season. So hook a brother up. Why not? Follow me on Twitter, everyone, at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram, you know it, at Dano T Mano. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram, at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. One more thank you to the Oracle, Rodrigo Denoso, for closing out the year with me on a positive note. And now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, Jenna Hamill on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. Another happy holidays to all you all, and thanks for making 2016 such a great year. And folks, let's do it again, but bigger and better in 2017, baby. Oh yeah! That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Jan Lamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.